Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, welcome to another edition of Children of Song the podcast that explores what it must have been like to grow up surrounded by music. For those of you who are taking the journey with us for the first time, we're speaking with musicians whose parents made a name for themselves in the music business. We'll hear about the interesting people they met backstage, find out who visited their homes, and what they learned from those experiences. We'll find out how they caught the music bug, and ultimately what inspired them to continue the family legacy. I'm Robert K. Orman, and I'm joined by my producer, Brad Newman. Hi, Brad. <laughs> hey, Robert. He's here to keep me on, on, on the straight and narrow. As we continue our Nashville swing, we have the pleasure today of spending time with the talented and much-awarded John Michael Montgomery, a man with 36 hits, 19 million albums sold, and that's just for starters. Uh, he's just one of—I knew, knew him when he was a pup coming up from Kentucky, and I have just met— his son, who is now another pup coming up from Kentucky. Hey, guys. Hello. What's going on? How y'all doing? Robert's good to see you again, buddy. Likewise. You grew up in this business uh, with your dad being a musician. Uh, what was it like? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I grew up in music, and uh, uh, I didn't really know the business side of it that much, you know, other than it my mom and dad. And <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> And my mom uh, played drums and sang, and my dad uh, was a guitar picker, singer, and they, and uh, he grew up listening to the Grand Ole Opry. All they had was a, you know, radio in his house. He was born in the house he grew up in, and, and uh, so he learned to play music. Um, and uh, he, of course, when he got out of high school, started picking and singing, and my mom started playing drums for him. Of course, he always wanted to be able to come to Nashville, maybe cut you know have a chance and but with three kids you know you just can't cut away and move away and and uh you know so we made the most of it uh moving from house to house trailer to trailer and just picking and singing and just it's a family thing you know and and it was definitely a music business for us because you know we made a little extra money on the weekends and worked real jobs through the week and but we we really never uh thought that being famous was something that was going to happen to us you know we just always felt like that happened to those other people <laughs> you know and did you uh, feel like you were living out his dream in a way yeah you know uh i think uh, we were just trying to carry on the torch mm -hmm. you know because we knew dad and mom loved it so much and then we we enjoyed singing you know getting on stage and singing and so when we got out of high school uh, me and my brother eddie we just really had no other we had nothing else to do. We were like, well, let's keep on picking and singing. And even when we got out of high school, we still played uh, music with our parents some. And then me and him started our own band. And Don't close your eyes. Let it be me. Don't pretend it's him. It's a fantasy. And it's just something we've always done. And, of course, obviously, we got very fortunate to be able to take it to the next level. Walker, do you think it's in your in your blood because uh, of what your dad and your grandfather did? 
And your grandmother. I sure do hope it, <laughs> hope it is, you know, but uh, I'm trying right now. Well, it's in his blood. Yeah. I, I, the thing about it is, is what I see him sing on stage and everything, and I could tell this, uh, you know, his nature, he has so much of my dad in him, uh, the way he is, where he how he carries himself. He's so approachable. Just got that ability that dad uh, always had. It was just uh, second nature for him to get on stage. As a matter of fact, my dad was probably more comfortable on stage than he was anywhere. Whether it's in the blood or not, there's, there's no question about that. What I see is the love and desire. That well, then I think you almost have to have that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I tell people all the time, if you want to be in this business, you, you can't do it because you want to be famous. You can't do it because you want to be rich because... You just love it so much that you're willing to literally just sleep in the back of a car like I did, uh, stay broke all the time like I did, because it didn't matter. <laughs> no, it's, it's like, where can, yeah. I, where can yeah. I sing next? Yeah. That's all I care. Just where can I sing next? I, I just want to go somewhere and sing. I like the view you bring on my lips. And I like the sound not an easy business. The traveling is rough on you. You have had vocal problems in yeah. the past. Um, do you tell Walker, look out for this, look out for that? Yeah, you know, and I and uh, I, I told uh, artists before, you know, because with me it happened so fast. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't see it coming. Uh, no, it, it happened over literally overnight. Yeah, I mean, and uh, you know, and I didn't know how to uh, balance myself. You know, I was a nightclubber. Mm -hmm. I'd been playing nightclubs, so uh, when I got my record deal and I had a hit record, me and Eddie, we just brought the nightclub out on the road with us. Uh, you know, and back in the nightclubs, you know, you sang four hours a night, four sets a night, and you had your your days to yourself. Well, when I got my first hit record, I mean, I was doing uh, interviews early in the morning for the morning shows, lunch and afternoon, and singing shows at night. And, you know, I didn't realize how much it was to the business. So, you know, when we went out there and we were like, oh, hey, you know, it's like, you know, doing the nightclub bringing the nightclub on the road, it didn't take long for it to kick me in my butt. And then I started having vocal issues over it, and then I started having anxieties because I wasn't singing as good as I, I knew I could, and then my dad died, and, and it all kind of came down on me and made me realize it's like, you know, uh, this is different. This ain't, uh, you know, you need to, this, right. this ain't going to work. You need to be able to balance, uh, balance your life out. At that point, though, it was too late I'd already the damage had been done with my vocals and stuff and and it took a lot of years for me to be able to try to get the the voice back you're sounding and, you good know. now I think well I mean it's 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 back uh you know I mean I don't have the youth that I did but <laughs> you know it's back uh for a 52 year old guy I think it's doing pretty good <laughs> he won't know? admit it but it's sounding better than wait, ever would you go out and see his shows and were you aware of your dad's job growing up yeah I mean, you know I mean ever since I can remember I've I've wanted to I've wanted to like he said earlier, I've wanted him to pass on the torch. Did it look glamorous but to you? It it just looked fun. You know, I lo I just loved I love watching it and I love being on stage. So, you know, and uh I've always gone to his shows and, you know, with my mom and stuff when I was when I was real little and now that I'm I'm able to uh, you know, go go out with him with him and maybe come on stage a little bit, it's just it's a whole new it's a whole new world and stuff. Well know? and too, you know, what they always say is they don't pay you for the time you're on stage, they pay for all the rest of it. Why? Right. That's, well, that's the thing is <laughs> yeah. we've always sang for free, mm -hmm. pretty much. I mean, and we would still sing for free. But there's a you know um, uh, there is an element of if you want to entertain people and you want them to come and see you and you want to be a part of it. I don't care if you're in a nightclub, if you're out on the road. Uh, there's an element of work 
side to it that you do to build fans, to, you know, make a relationship with people. And, uh, you know, that all comes with a business. It's just when you get to the larger level. Right. So, Walker, did you get to meet stars, other stars besides your dad when you were a kid? Well, yeah, you know, um, I mean, just uh, being around around them all, you know, I got to meet a, I got to meet some pretty cool people. When I Tell I was, me the Randy Travis story. Oh, my Lord, the Randy <laughs> Travis story. I guess I was probably in sixth grade. Of course, Randy Travis is, like, my hero, and uh, he's like a Jesus figure to me. And uh, so, I, yeah, I guess I was in sixth grade, and uh, he did a show in Lexington at, one, like, a little baseball park or something. And, uh, you know, we, we were fortunate enough to get some, uh, backstage passes and meet and greets and stuff. And, you know, when he walked, when he walked in, I, I, I just started crying, <laughs> but, and, and my mom tells, my mom tells every single person we meet that he cried like but, uh, a baby. I cried like a little baby yeah. when I met Randy Travis, but, uh, well, it's, <laughs> and for me, you know, it was, uh, I was tickled to death that he wanted to go see somebody like Randy Travis, mm-hmm. who was a good singer. You know, I mean, obviously, uh, I was a fan of his in Me the too. 80s, yeah. you know. Time. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, he's a, a very unique singer. And like the Merle Haggards uh, and uh, Keith Willis of the world, you know, some some singers just, you know, they grab you and hold on to you. And he had that ability. Oh, baby, I'm One of the things that I loved back in my early days was I got to open up for Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, Willie Nelson. Yeah. I mean, and Randy Travis. And, I mean, it, it was just all these people that I grew up listening to, Waylon Jennings. You know, man, I was experiencing some great stuff back then. But, uh, yeah, Randy Travis, uh, uh, one of the things I always try to do was let him know it's like, hey, if you want to be a country singer, you got to start here. <laughs> you know, so... Uh, let's see here. We'll uh, on which, which one's uh, on the other hand? Yeah. yeah what, let's do is that. that out of it's out of E. E? Yeah. I'll start this one off then. Yeah, you see, yeah, you start off. On one hand, I count the reasons I could stay with you and hold you close. So many lovers' games I'd love to play with you On that hand There's no reason Why it's wrong But on the other hand There's a golden band To remind me of someone who would not understand On one hand, I could stay and be your loving man But the reason I must go is on the other hand But the reason I must go 
is on the other hand. Randy. Loves when he loves. Did you encourage him to 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 become a musician at all? Not at all. I, uh, I did. My kids, you know, like I said, my, my daughter Madison is a wonderful singer too. But one of the things I didn't want to do was, you know, force them, force the hand. Uh, my dad and mom, even though they kind of drug us around uh, to places they sang, they never really made us get on stage or anything like that. There's a certain age where we kind of showed some interest in it and uh, dad would get us on stage when me and Eddie were like, I don't know, six or seven or something like that. And we loved to sing Blue Suede Shoes by Elvis. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and he'd get us on. He, so he started making it part of the show then. But, uh, you know, I always left guitar sitting around uh, the house like my dad. You know, our, our living rooms were always full of amplifiers, guitars, drums. Um, once in a while, we might have a piece of furniture in there like a couch or a TV. <laughs> and uh, so we would come home, and if we felt a desire to pick up a guitar and start playing and singing, then, you know, and that's what I started doing. I, I really, uh, in, I guess, around 11 or 12 years old, I, I got the interest of wanting to learn to play guitar. And then by the time I was, you know, 12, 13 years old, I was you know going to my room after i got my homework done and of course we had mom made us wash the dishes make the beds when we got out of school do our homework then we could go do what we wanted to so after i did all that i'd go back in my bedroom and i'd learn a Waylon song a willie song a, a kenny rogers song or whatever was happening at that time on radio and i would learn the chords and everything and i would literally woodshed in my bedroom uh you know until so you got good. I, t I got good enough to be, be in dad and mom's band. They were, you know, so, uh, but uh, that's what I did with them. You remember the first time you picked up the guitar walker? Yeah, yeah, I do. You know, he, uh, my first guitar he ever got me was a little, uh, it was like a little baby Taylor. Yeah. Or something. And uh, Taylor's are good guitars. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a great yeah. guitar. I still mm -hmm. have it. But, uh, and uh, so he, he was teaching me uh, Johnny Be Good. Johnny Be Good was the first oh, yeah. song. Uh -huh. we, we were heading down to Florida or something. Like, yeah, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds awesome," you know. And now I'm like, "Okay, well, that's kind of easy." But, but I was like, "Man, this is this. I, I like this." You know. So you you kind of took to it right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, I I, I love it. You At know? what point did you go to him and say, "Dad, I want to do this"? Was there was there a special? moment where you thought okay i'm gonna break the news <laughs> well you know when he when he got me that first get guitar i was like that i guess that was kind of the the moment and i was like this, this is pretty well cool i here. i think for me it was when he said dad can uh, can you teach me how to play uh sweet home alabama oh mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> Yeah. So he, I yeah. started, I went up there and I taught him that chord, D, C, G, yeah. mm -hmm. and I started right there and I stopped. So he, he'd stay up there, you know, in the house. <laughs> so I could hear him up there, you know, and then, uh, then we, I'd teach him another lick, you know, and, and cause my, my guitar, my dad was a lead guitar player in his band uh -huh. and I was lead guitar player in my band because we couldn't afford a, another guitar player to do it. <laughs> and where we're from, you know, if you wanted to be a real musician, you had to at least learn how to play an instrument along with singing. Right. You know, that's how the bluegrassers all did it and everything. And so, uh, but uh, then he'd say, hey, Dad, can you teach me this song? And then... And then uh, that's when uh, were they ever one of your? Did he ever ask to learn one of your songs? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think at one time he, I didn't know if he was singing any of my songs or not, but he was. Yeah. And 
and then he asked me if I could teach him how to play Lots of Dance or something like that. Lots of Dance, yeah. yeah. That, was, and, the, that uh, was the first one. Yeah. yeah. And, and, of course, when he uh, got old enough to start going out on the road with me, and uh, you know, which is really just two or three years ago, yeah. I'd get yeah. him up on stage and go, hey, sing a what did you sing? Dance. Did you uh, sing lots yeah, of dance? He was singing lots of dance stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But uh, I'd make him do the high parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one does have some high parts. Yeah. In it. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And there's yeah. a key modulation in it too. Yeah. Where you have oh to go yeah. Up even higher. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I definitely that. let him sing that yeah. part for sure. Did you ever wonder in the house though, and and sort of hear him playing, and and he didn't know that you were listening, and kind of think to yourself, wow. He's got something special or even reminded you of yourself? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, every uh, week, you know, uh, you know, when I'm at home and I'm not on the road, I'm uh, on the couch or, uh, you know, he's upstairs in the room. I can hear him strumming away on that guitar and singing and, you know, and, and uh, our uh, bedroom the, where the master bedroom is, uh, he's, he's now moved over his room over into that. So when I'm in there, a lot of times I can hear him coming through the vents <laughs> singing, you know, but, uh, uh, but it's, it's, it does remind me, uh, when I was his age, you know, I was doing a lot of woodshedding and, and of course I did it, uh, because I didn't really have anything else to do. I didn't have any money. I didn't have a car. I didn't have any of that, but, uh, you know, that, uh, doesn't mean anything. If you love music, I don't care you know, you want to go somewhere and you just want to bang on a guitar and you got this song in your head. And I think with him more than anything is, uh, uh, I always love to write songs, you know, but once I hit it big, you know, I got so busy. It's like the writing part disappeared. Didn't have time to really enjoy that part of it. Plus so you were I getting the greatest songs in Nashville pitched to you. <laughs> exactly. You know? I mean, it's yeah. kind of like, okay, I'm competing against those guys. So I might as well just, mm -hmm just cut their songs and and he uh one of the things he uh, has been doing lately especially you know is getting with some other people and writing and because i really think that's an that's one of the parts that i wish i would have been able to uh do more of in my career i wrote a few of them but i would have liked to have been a that been a part a bigger part of my career walker was it always country music for you as opposed to I mean, you could have picked any kind of music right well you know i love i love all kinds of music from from you know big band Frank Sinatra stuff to to country, but you know I I love I just I graduate I I gravitated towards country more than anything else. And, Did you ask you know, your dad for advice about what to listen to and stuff? Yeah, well you know uh you know we were talking before we were talking about Merle Haggard and stuff you know and uh, he 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 tells me if I want if I want real really good voice control and stuff listen to the Merle Haggards and the Keith Whitleys and stuff and. Uh, you know, he, there's one thing. If I need if I need singing advice, uh, I've got the perfect guy to come to. <laughs> but uh, well, I mean, you know, all I'm doing is I know what I grew up on. You know, from Earl Haggard to George Strait to Lionel Richie and stuff like that. And I just felt those guys sang their songs. Right. Uh, you know, to sing a good love song or sing a slow song. Uh, you know, I mean, Merle had some of the best control. You know, and there was no better rolling with the flow. Oh, yeah, yeah, I used to do it all the time. And going where the lonely go, anywhere the lights are low, and going where the lonely go. You know, I'd sit around to do that mm -hmm. just to. 
just imitating what he could do with his voice, just how much, so much easy flow control. And I think for me, you know, made me a better singer. And I think, you know, singers nowadays, you know, they, uh, especially young singers, you know, you, it's easier to sing the up-tempo fast stuff, you know, kind of. And it, sometimes I think they forget, you know. Well, in many ways, that's yeah. your journey, too, though, yeah. because you, in the, as a club act, yeah. I recall you as being quite the rowdy, and then you became this balladeer later. Well, know? I always uh, sang the Merle songs and stuff at the clubs. You know, I would do a lot of the slow dancing Did love you? songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie, you know, but Eddie sang some of them, too. And I had, you know, two or three singers in my band, actually, that uh, would sing. You know, a lot of times they sang that up-tempo stuff. So, you know, I would sing some of the slow things. Plus, it gave me a chance to play. I loved playing guitar on the slow stuff. You mm-hmm. know, there was a lot of feel to it. And uh, I just always uh, uh, enjoyed being able to, I guess, in a way, show off that part of my voice that I, you know, I worked so hard on. You know, I wanted to have that control. And when I sang Merle Haggard, you know, it was, uh, uh, I put the time in to make it sound good, you know. Give us a sense of, you know, you talked about, you know, your daddy always wishing he could have maybe come down to Nashville and, and cut a record, but he had three kids and he was taken care of. What was it like to be traveling all around Kentucky and then finally get that break? I was one of the fortunate ones, you know, because growing up, uh, you know, my mom and dad, like I said, they played around central Kentucky a lot. They, you know, they were weekend warriors and uh, worked full-time through the week, you know, real jobs. And then on the weekends, uh, we played music. And then when me and Eddie got out of high school, we wanted to do it full-time. So we put a band together. We started hitting all the places we could. And then we finally landed in a full-time, five-night-a-week gig in Lexington. And that was our dream gig. We didn't have to uh, drag equipment around, (laughs) speakers around. It's set in the same place every night. And our guitars would be waiting on us when we walked in the door to do our gig. That was like our dream gig. And uh, before that, it was you hauling it here, you hauling it there. And so we spent about four or five years in this club and actually, that really honed our skills even more as uh, musicians and singers. And uh, we started drawing a really good crowd. And uh, I actually left Austin City and went to this place called Congress Inn on Paris uh, Pike or a Road in Lexington for a few weeks because me and the owner of Austin City had a disagreement. So me and Eddie took our band down there and we started drawing a big crowd down there. And that's where I actually met the manager who uh, hooked me up with Atlantic Records. And then uh, a few weeks later, I was back at Austin City, and that's where we did the, <laughs> they came up for the... We came up to see him. To see me, and, uh, you know, and I sang a couple of sets for them, and, you know, they were like, uh, we're going to bring you to Nashville and let you cut a few songs, but uh, we're pretty much sold on you uh, being an Atlantic Records artist. And that's know. actually the way we all went up to see Keith Whitley, too. When Keith Whitley Is that right? Really? Yep, cool. Yeah. We went up because it we, that voice. I yeah. Mean, well, like Keith Whitley, sang, who is this guy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, he, and that's nice what man. he did. He sang all around Lexington and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you wanted a full-time gig, you know, you could always get work around Central Kentucky and Lexington and all that. And Keith, being from where he's from, you know, he knew that also. And there was a lot of great, talented people that it's went through Lexington. It's a great music area, it really is. Mm-hmm. Sing me a Keith Whitley song, Walker. Ooh, I, mean, I love <laughs> Keith Whitley. Yeah. Is it? I think we're in the wrong key. 
That's don't close your eyes. Oh, it is, ain't it? Okay. That's right, Key. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, what were you, what were you saying? I saw, so, I'm, so I'm right. I so swear I, I thought was, you was in the wrong so, key. So I was right. You were, you were, you were correct. <laughs> All Let, right. the record show, let the record show that the kid yeah, was right. To, I'm going to have to get a, a copy of this recording. <laughs> Go ahead and sing this first part now. I know you loved him a long time ago. And even now in my arms, you still want him, I know. Darling, this time Let your memories die When you hold me tonight Don't close your eyes Don't close your eyes let it be me Don't pretend it's him In some fantasy Darling, just once Let yesterday go You'll find more love Than you've ever known Just hold me tight When you love me tonight don't close your eyes. There we go. Like, yeah, yeah, I messed up. I, messed I was up, gonna go. I messed up that wrong chord. Yeah. <laughs> you went back. That song, oh, it's great, man. Oh, it's me great, too. Man. I, yeah, it's a, He had some wonderful songs. It tickles me to death to that he likes, you know, uh, those good old sad old mm-hmm. songs like that. You know that. Uh, I just think. Uh, That's my kind one of One day, <laughs> one day they're gonna come back around and. Yeah. And be popular again. Sad songs and waltzes ain't selling this year. (laughs) (laughs) Sad songs and waltzes ain't selling this year. (laughs) No, no, no. That's the thing. Uh, Are you going to try and pull strings for him or help him or what? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mean, uh, nobody helped you. Yeah, Mm. you know. And but uh, the thing about it is, is uh, you know, back in my day, I tell people, you know, you had Dolly Parton and Reba McIntyre, and they had their siblings and Mm -hmm. stuff, and uh, it seemed like. Back in those days, you know, if you like, well, Hank Jr. is a perfect example. Uh huh. Had know, to live in his father's shadow. The legacy of his dad just seemed to, he it took he really it you know he had a hard time you know getting busting through that. Do you and, think that's going to be happening for you, Walker? I mean, do you feel like you're in the shadow? Or you not? Know, no, you know. Uh, or do you think it's a blessing to be? It's a, I, I really do think it's a blessing, you know. But uh, I'm I'm very lucky. I think so too. I think it's a different era and everything. And uh, the, like I said, I I don't think it's. Uh, will you will you change your name? No, no, I don't. <laughs> th- I'm going I'm gonna stick with yeah. the Montgomery. But, uh, I tell you, we might. Make I mean, it, there's already two we'll Montgomery. Walker Carl. Yeah. <laughs> there's already two yeah. Montgomerys in this business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we think we're just going to go ahead and just do the dominate. It's going to be Montgomery. Uh, <laughs> Family domination of radio from, you know, started with me, then Eddie, then him, yeah. and their kids, and yeah. you're just never going to get rid of us. That's right. <laughs> whether now, you want to or not. Yeah, yeah, whether you want to or not, we're going to be But you around. obviously <laughs> want him to finish school and, and pursue a, a real 
a real well, life. Well, for it? me, I mean, you know, I told him, it's like, you know, I, I, we, we got the honky-tonk degree, of course, me and Eddie, mm -hmm. uh, back then. That's just kind of the way you did it. But it, things are not that way anymore. Times have changed. You know, now you've got so much, uh, many uh, different outlets of being and vehicles of being able to pr promote yourself. Uh, you know, and, you know, with the TV and the Twitter and the Facebook and all that stuff that uh, you don't have to go pound the nightclubs night after night mm -hmm. uh, for year, years after years. And, you know, I mean, because it, it can be a rough life, you know, doing nightclub life five nights a week. But you did perfect your craft. Yeah, it did perfect the craft. And, I, you know, nowadays I think, uh, you know, there's different ways of being able to perfect your craft without having to go, go do it that way, because sometimes a lot of a lot of times you didn't survive that nightlife. <laughs> I know a lot of good singers and musicians, you know, that didn't survive it. I mean, it, it takes a toll on you. I mean, Keith Whitley is a perfect example. He came up that same way. Uh, there, there is a lot of uh, uh, you know alcohol drinking. You know, it, it's a lifestyle that can literally you know it'll kill you if you let it plus th the bottom line is i've learned one thing you know you either have the ability to be genuine and it comes over on tape or you don't and i think there's a magic there that happens and and i hope it happens with him do you have a song that never gets old to you you've had so many hits is there one that yeah. you when you sing it every night it still it seems like a, well, it's a, like think, a pleasure. You yeah, know? My, my, my three favorite ones are that I think I, I still love is Life's a Dance uh, and uh, Letters from Home and Sold to Grunner County Auction. I, I don't know why, but, you know, I and you can see it from the fans. They love singing with those songs, or especially Letters from Home. I, can we hear a little bit of that? Yeah, that's all, well, I see. You do that on Capo 5, don't you? Yeah, I think so. My dearest son, it's almost June I hope this letter catches up with you And finds you well It's been dry, but they're calling for rain And everything's the same old same in Johnsonville Your stubborn old daddy ain't said too much Been a while since I played Yeah, no doubt <laughs> But I'm sure you know he sends his love And she goes on In a letter from home That's it. Yeah. What is it like uh, when you look out in the audience, though, and you see them crying and really being emotionally affected by the music as an artist? Well, I tell you, it's, it's hard to sing the song sometimes because you see, you know, some of the uh, vets out there and it's they're just wiping their eyes and they, you know what I mean and you're looking at them and a lot, a lot of times they got the spotlight on me so they're kind of dark but then the spotlights turn on the crowd and I'm like uh, you know and then I start my eyes start watering you know it's it's powerful just because they went through a lot for this country and to know that one of your songs touches them that much and that's when you learn it's like you know I really need to uh, not take these songs for granted because they are, they were special to me, but they really are special to other people in a lot of ways. And when people show up to hear me sing, there's something special. There's a connection. You're going, 
they're coming here to hear me sing. So my dad always told us, said, make sure you know they always appreciate that. And, uh, you know, he he was he always worked the crowd, as you said, you know, and me and my brother always appreciated that. So when we got off stage at the nightclubs, we always went out there into the crowd and we shook their hands. We said, thank you very much, because, you know, we we've also sang to empty seats and it it just wasn't quite the same. And I think this is the whole secret of country music, basically. It's like I'm not special because I'm up here singing. I'm you. You know, yeah. it's, and Dolly says this all the time. Yeah. She says, I don't believe that it's me. I think it's, I'm them, you know. Yeah, yeah it's a very, uh, we're definitely the country music. Uh, There's no such thing as a rock and roll attitude. There can't be. No, no. I You're mean, we, we, are, we have always been a very approachable uh-huh. uh, music and, and artist, and, and, and we've always loved it that way. You know, the, it's an open door. It's, the doors swing both ways with us, you know, and it's just, uh, and I think that's why our, our music lasts with people. Have but, you got a favorite walker? Man, trust me, I love them all, but, uh, you know, I, I've always loved Last Dance. Just keep on too. sucking up. That's right, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I'm with him on the Last yeah. Dance thing. I've, I've, yeah. I've always... Well, I've it was always the one that kicked it off, too. Well, and it's yeah. funny because mm-hmm. I tell people this story all the time. I mean, I, Life's a Dance was a different kind of song for me. I, I really mm-hmm. was not used to singing that kind of song. I was either doing Bob Seger, Jimmy Buffett... Uh, Lionel Richie or George Strait or Merle Haggard, but I never this life's a dance philosophical stuff, you know, mm-hmm. mid tempo. I'm like, I, and I told my producer and the label and my management, I said, I had this song called "I Love the Way You Love Me," and I was like, that's the one I think needs to come off the record first. That's a that's a that's a that's a ballad. I'm I like that. And I think I think that'll be good for me. <laughs> And they were like, no, 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 no. We, this life's a dance. Believe me, you need to let us put this out. That's that's you. You you nailed it. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm not so sure about this. I've never sang a song like this. You know, I'm not sure if that's the kind of. I want them to, you know, I wanted them to know me as this country singer, balladeer singer. And this life's a dance song was just completely different than what I was used to singing. And I thought it was a great song. I just, uh, as a hit, I didn't know if it was really a hit or not. It was I, smart, though, because remember, it didn't go number one. And then the ballad came out, and it yeah, did go yeah. number one. It, it basically opened up the doors in, mm-hmm. in a time period when songs were starting to be shorter and shorter on the charts. Right. Life's a Dance took forever to get to number four. Mm-hmm. It took like 20-something weeks which was unheard of, but the song just kept growing and growing on people. Bob Kingsley said my name, John Michael Montgomery's got the number one song this week. I was like, oh, my God. Lots of dance you learn as you go. Sometimes you lead, sometimes you follow. Don't worry about what you don't know. Lots of dance you learn as you go. Did it ever get old? I mean, you've had like 15 billion number ones now. Yeah. Did that ever get... Oh, no, I, 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 you know, it wasn't as much as the number ones, as much as I enjoyed cutting great songs and seeing how well they would do, but more than anything, how much they affected my fans. Are you singing in regularly? Yeah, well, you, you know, doing? we, we, uh, I got, I used, I started out with a little, uh, a little three piece acoustic band uh-huh. and, uh, we were doing little restaurants and stuff and, uh, and then we did that for what, like two years or something. And then. 
this yeah. this last year I I got a full band and stuff, so we're doing a little fairs and stuff around Kentucky. Oh, I'm telling you, he uh, he played a fair down in uh, Casey County, Kentucky, uh, the Apple Festival. <laughs> and fun. I'm telling you. They, I mean, of course, most of them were young girls screaming at him, but you know, it was like thousands and thousands of these screaming young girls at, you know, screaming at him, and uh, and of course, you know, the regular older folks like myself were there too, right? And uh, but it, he put on a great show. I wish a record label had been there that night because he did a, a tremendous job. His ability on stage is one of the things that I recognize more than anything. Is that's he's so natural up there. We were talking about school earlier, you know, and I told him, I'm like, look, we're going to get you out of high school and we're going to go to college. It ain't, it, you know, George Strait went to college, uh, Brad Paisley, lots of people went to college, still yeah. made it country music singers. <laughs> yeah. So college is not going to cr- kill your career. Bill Anderson. It's just, I, I couldn't afford college back in those days. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't so, recall you being a great student either. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. No. Take but, hits. No, he's, yeah, he's beating me over the head with the college thing. I actually, <laughs> I, I actually was straight I'm A student up until my junior year, and then of course, you know, my mom and dad got divorced and ended up living in the back of a TV shop. So the, you know, the grades kind of dropped after that, you know. But at that point, I was picking and singing and making money like he was, right. just playing parties, and I was, you know, I could. I would work 40 hours a week doing this job and I would make like 150 bucks and then I'd go sing a couple of gigs on the weekend and make 300. So after that, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to do more of this singing thing. But, uh, now he's, uh, uh, you know, I'm proud of him. He's more than anything. He's a, he's a great, he's a great uh, kid and great young man. And, uh, you know, I'm very proud of him. Well, if we can't get out of here without hearing at least one John Michael Montgomery song, dang it. <laughs> let's play it huh? All right, let's see. We, uh, do last dance? I guess we could do that one. Huh? Yeah. Let me make sure I get to it. There we go. When I was 14, I was falling fast for a blue-eyed girl in my homeroom class. Trying to find the courage to ask her out was like trying to get oil from a water spout. What she would have said, I can't say. I never did ask, and she moved away. I learned something from a blue-eyed girl. Sink or swim, you gotta give it a whirl. Life's a dance, you learn as you go. Sometimes you lead, sometimes you follow. Don't worry about what you don't know. Life's a dance, you learn as you go. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Uh, it, it was a blast. I knew it would be. Thank you. Well, <laughs> we just, uh, he, he, hopefully, t- he takes his party with him wherever he goes. <laughs> Before we let you go, we want to welcome you to the B-Side, the Producer's Notes edition. Since we last sat down with John Michael and his son Walker, the Montgomery family suffered some tragedy last summer when Troy Gentry of Montgomery Gentry and the bandmate of Eddie Montgomery died in a helicopter accident while waiting to perform at a resort in Medford, New Jersey. Montgomery was quoted as saying, a little piece of my soul got lost there. Our hearts go out to Troy's family as well as to the Montgomerys. They grew up, were buddies, and played together from honky-tonks in Kentucky to the biggest venues across America. Troy Gentry, rest in peace. Next week, 
Another father and son join us in the studio. Marcus Humman and his son, the talented up-and-coming Levi Humman, stop by. We'll hear them sing a special version of Marcus Humman's Bless the Broken Road, which was covered by Rascal Flatts and won the Grammy for Best Country Song in 2006. You're listening to Children of Song, the podcast that combines live music with great storytelling. Till next time, I'm Brad Newman. Thanks for listening. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.